This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast again this week. Kyle, can you lead off with the new topic? Yeah, so this podcast, we're going to talk about when life insurance will not pay out. It seems like... Whenever, what? I paid them all that premium and they're not going to pay the death benefit? Right? That's a big fear for people. And that's understandable. I mean, when you're paying substantial premium, you know, whether it be term or a whole life, like you want to be sure that you're not getting scammed and that thing's going to get paid out. And it's always a question. It's like, well, what that we receive when people want to do this is, well, when don't they pay out? And believe it or not, it's very rare when they don't pay out. And I mean, it's pretty understandable why, you know, they don't in certain instances. And like, we just want to make sure that you know, for sure what that period is when they can and can't. So, yeah. And if, you know, just think about this, you know, if a life insurance, if the industry would get the, you know, that bad rap about not paying out death benefits, that would leave a ugly, ugly scar on the entire life insurance industry. Yeah. So nobody, you know, in the business wants this to happen. Yeah. And I mean, it, I mean, it, it would just look awful. It doesn't happen. Like it doesn't just randomly happen. Like, exactly. Oh, I didn't get paid. Exactly. So, and that's, yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make is like, it doesn't happen because how can you build a business upon, you know, providing death benefits Yeah. if you don't pay out the death benefits? That is their business, you know? <laughs> so yeah, if they didn't do that, they would be screwed. Yeah. It, let's say if 10% of the time a life insurance company there's 10% of the time that you may own a policy that they aren't going to pay the death benefit on. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to own that. No. Then. Be just like getting on a plane. Would you get on the plane <laughs> with those odds? No. Heck no. <laughs> so, I mean, really what it comes down to is there's a two-year look back period. And if you're going to do a policy, we're going to make you aware of that, you know, initially. So there's a two-year look back period where if you would die within the first two years of the policy which are the biggest risk for the insurance company the first two years. Because they have not collected very much premium from you. Exactly. Like, let's say you paid in 10 grand and you're, they're paying out a million bucks. Like, that's pretty big risk for them. So they're going to be able to look back and um, do some research and see if, you know, let's say you had terminal cancer and you lied about it. And, and um, they didn't catch it in the initial application. Mm-hmm. But if you died in that two-year look-back period, you can bet that they're going to go back and look into this. Yeah. And they are, if, if they can find that you lied and with intent, you know, to get through this, get this uh, policy, they're going to return your premium, but they are not going to pay out that death claim. Nope. Because it was in the two year look back period. Now, in that same instance, if you lived a year three, I guess you got one by the life insurance company because they're going to pay that claim. Yeah. After two years, there is no look back. And another thing is suicide. If you commit suicide in the first two years, they will just return the premium. But year three and above, you know, and above that, you know, that whole thing's paying out. Yep. So, and that's that's really um, that basically covers the two year look back period. Um, next thing we should mention in this is that um, say you have a whole life policy, and um, just for simplicity, we'll just say it has a $1 million level death benefit. So when you purchase this thing at 25 years old, you expected your beneficiary 
at age 85 when you pass away to get a $1 million death benefit. Now, functionally, it's probably going to be a lot bigger than that, but just for the ease of this conversation, let's just leave it there, mm-hmm. okay? But let's say that you also <clears throat> decided to start using this policy when you uh, retired for income. So you started drawing against the cash value of it. And let's just say that you took $100,000 of income from this policy. Now, when you die at age 85, because that's when I'm killing you in this scenario, Mm -hmm. your beneficiary is only going to receive $900,000 of death benefit. Yeah. The reason is the life insurance company is going to take 100,000 of the death benefit to extinguish the loan that you have with them. Mm Mm-hmm. That because you're using the policy for income, and then they're going to pay the rest of it to your beneficiary. Yes. So they didn't really keep any of the $1 million death benefit. They mm-hmm. just, you know, they made you guys square with the loan with that $100,000. Definitely. And, you know, something else people ask about as well. I'm, you know, not a nicotine user now, and so I'm qualified for no nicotine. But what happens, you know, with... I would pick up, you know, whatever it be, chewing, smoking, whatever, you know, after I'd done the policy. Well, that doesn't matter. You're still going to be considered non-nicotine and everything's going to pay out. So it really matters what you are when you're going through underwriting. Like if your health, what substances you use, you know, anything along those lines. Yeah. I mean, we would hope that you don't start doing that. Um, But I mean, we can't control that. Neither can the life insurance industry. So when you go through underwriting, that health rating that you are given, that can never be lowered. No. Okay. They aren't going to look at you every single year and decide, oh, yeah, Kyle, you're not as healthy this year. We're going to downgrade you from preferred plus to preferred. Cannot happen. Oh, nope. You're not preferred anymore. You're standard. It doesn't work like that. The rating that you get when you apply for the policy is how they calculate the policy from now until the time that you pass away. Um, it can go up though. You could like if yes. you don't have the top health rating, or if you are a nicotine user, you can if you quit using tobacco um, or improve your health, you can go back through underwriting again and potentially get your um, health rating raised. Then potentially they might they may look back you know a few years and adjust your policy as well. Yeah, we haven't personally had that happen, but we've spoken with other producers that you know they've had policies in force and the insurance company has gone back as if from day one, they received that higher health rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty amazing that, Definitely. you know, the life insurance company does that because really when they underwrote you the first time, they, they gave you what was fair. Yeah. So it, it seems like a generous benefit to me. Yeah. I mean, so when you dive deeper into this stuff, I mean, there's such a negative connotation about life insurance that we've talked about, but really the whole thing is set up for your success and not your failure. I mean, you can only go up. You can't go down. You don't health ratings or anything like that. I mean, I don't Cause Kyle, think about how many people, you know, when they're graduating high school are just fit, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, they're at the peak level in their life for a, probably a large percentage of people. I've never looked at a study, but I mean, look, go to That's your 10, true. go to your 10 year class reunion and yeah. look at everybody. Yeah. It's very common that people have put on 30, 40, 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes them, we, you know, we hope that doesn't happen to you, but like it makes sense to get started early too. So that if it does, you know, you're, you take advantage of that. Definitely. It's a lot cheaper when you're younger. So, 
Also, you're probably at one of the lowest stress periods in your life when you're in school because you have so few responsibilities. <laughs> um, that, I mean, stress just adds to other conditions in your life medically. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, just the younger you can get started, often the better. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's whole life or term life, convertible, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, at but least we de- we strong we don't like to sell any just straight term. I mean, we definitely recommend you guys use convertible because you never know what's going to happen. I guess we talked about that quick. We've mentioned it before, but if you would do a convertible term policy and let's say it's a 10 year policy and then you were to find out later that you had terminal cancer and you were, they gave you like 15 years to live. So you were going to outlive your term policy, you know, which wouldn't help your family, but you could convert that if it was convertible to a whole life policy at the health rating you got before you had the cancer, so you would know for sure that that death benefit's going to be paid out. Yep. And it really, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but it's pretty small percentage how much more that it costs. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I mean, it's such a minuscule amount. For just having another option, yeah. like a really beneficial option, um, yeah, totally and, worth the cost. I mean, also, you might not be ready to start, you know, IBC or this cash accumulation idea with the whole life insurance, so... This allows you to lock in that good health rating and, you know, convert whenever. So, within yep. a period. But with a death benefit, that will pay out. Definitely. It's going to pay. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope this kind of clears some stuff up for you guys. Um, I think we kind of got this one covered. Yeah, pretty simple. There's really not that much to it. Um, if you've been in the industry and you know these things, I mean, it can seem intimidating, I'm sure, if you're researching it and trying to find all the gotchas. But yeah. Yeah, there's really none. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.